Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in the next 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. What's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. It is Saturday, March 6th, and I am back um, for the better part of, I'll say, two months. I don't think you've heard me uh, by myself on the podcast. I've been doing a, a number of collaborative series. Um, and in a way, I guess that is not changing today because I do have a special guest <laughs> in the studio. Um, in the studio today, it's my wonderful wife, Karen. Say hello. Yo, 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 <laughs> listeners. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah, that's how you wanted to, yes. <laughs> how you wanted to come in. <laughs> yes, it's recorded and that's what's going to go on the podcast. Sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> so... Karen is here um, because in the Dig Deeper segment for this week, um, I will be announcing the winners of the fifth annual Thinking Outside the Boombox Hip Hop and R&B Awards. Um, There were 14 categories. The Podcast Academy voted and we have winners. So we will be discussing um, the nominees, who we voted for and why. um, And that will be very exciting. Um... Before we get into that, uh, because I am back um, in the regular format, I'm going to give you a song of the week, um, and then we're going to jump into the Press Play segment, where I'll talk to you about um, some hip-hop and R&B news that has happened um, over the past couple of weeks or so. Um, So let's get into the song of the week. So the song of the week for this week um, is a song that uh, I think... Uh, got put into my head because uh, D'Angelo did a versus against himself um, uh, about a week ago and 
I think he might have performed or there was like inklings of the instrumentation of his cover of Smokey Robinson's song Cruisin'. Um, and so that caused me to start singing Smokey Robinson's version uh, for the better part of like an hour. Karen can attest to that. Yes. Um, and so I was like, well, what better song to make the song of the week than the song that was in my head for the majority of the week? So the song of the week for this week is Cruisin' by Smokey Robinson. Um, this is a song that he wrote, produced, and recorded um, after, um, I guess, he and his band decided not to make any more music together. A lot of people don't know, and I didn't know, um, that like Gladys Knight and the Pips and Diana Ross and the Supremes, I believe it was, it was Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Um, and so this song was co-written by one of his fellow Miracle members, Marv Tarplin, but for the most part, it was a solo Smokey Robinson act. Um, probably one of his most popular songs um, ever. I, I don't know a lot of Smokey Robinson's music. I feel like he's an artist that was, you know, so well before my time that I just haven't really taken the time to dig into his catalog. But I'm interested. He is very good. Um, Cruisin' is an amazing song. Especially the fact that I was able to get, you know, a song from 1979 was able to get stuck in my head for the better part of a week. It's It's got some serious staying power. Um, do you have any um, uh, relationship with Cruisin' by Smokey Robinson? I gotta say, my, my primary relationship is hearing you sing it in the house <laughs> for a week. So, <laughs> if only to have a greater diversity of songs to have you sing in the house, I am all for a deeper exploration uh -huh, of Smokey uh -huh. Robinson's catalog. Uh -huh. Had you not heard the song before? Oh, this, this I have. Song? It's oh, a classic. Okay. Okay. It's a classic. And it is fun to explore the the different people that have like sampled and interpolated it over the years. But for yeah, sure. get into that catalog, boo. I am behind you 100%. <laughs> You know, see, I feel like there's a little bit of shade coming my way. I, you know, I feel like my interpretation of the 10 seconds of the song that I sung on repeat was very well. You know well, what? I'm always well in support of you digging deeper. Wow. As a longtime fan of the podcast, wow. that's, I just want you to dig deeper. Wow. That's all. Yeah. You hear that, listeners? Using my own segment against me. Huh. So the song of the week for this week is Cruisin' by Smokey Robinson. Without any further ado, let's jump into the press play segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the press play segment. This is the part of the podcast where I talk to you about hip-hop and R&B news, some things that may be upcoming in both genres, and some albums. Um that you should be looking out for. This is in the things you should check out portion, the rumor mill and the announcement portion, as well as the upcoming and recently released albums portion of the Press Play segment. Everything I talk about in this segment and in the episode in general can be found in the podcast newsletter. Um, you want to make sure you're signed up for the podcast mailing list so you can get links to all of the you know songs, music videos, performances that I talk about in the episode, albums, um, if you go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com, uh, there should be a box on the homepage where you can put in your email. Uh, you'll be subscribed to the mailing list and you will receive the podcast newsletter um, after each episode. Or if you don't want to be subscribed to the mailing list, you can go to the newsletter tab on thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com and they are all housed there. So 
let's get into the things um, that you should check out. First up, um, there were a number of Tiny Desks. Um, Tiny Desks especially because of Black History Month last month. Um, they were featuring a lot of hip-hop and R&B artists um, for their Tiny Desks. So I think that's why more of them popped up that with artists that I recognized. I feel like generally it's like maybe one every one or two months where I'm like, oh, I know this artist. Let me look at this Tiny Desk. But in February, it was like, a couple of week where it's like oh oh another tiny desk um so three that you should check out jack harlow um did a tiny desk these were all for the most part taking place in their homes or in other locations that were covid safe rather than in the npr offices how they are generally um handled so jack harlow did one um he's a kentucky rapper who has gotten very popular over the past i'd say year and a half um, his debut album, That's What They All Say, um, generated a lot of buzz, and so he performed a lot of songs from that. Um, 2 Chains did one that was very hilarious because for he performed like two or three of the songs while getting a pedicure um, in a nail salon that he apparently owns. So <laughs> 2 Chains, the entrepreneur, um, you know, making the tiny desk a little bit different. Um, and then Rick Ross did one um, performing some of a lot of the the hits from uh, one of my favorite albums of his, Teflon Don. Um, although he could have used some, not that his background singers were bad, but like the singers that Rick Ross originally had on the the original tracks were just so much better than his background singers, so it was very noticeable. But it was a good Tiny Desk performance. Um, some new songs and music videos that dropped Patrick Page II who is a member of the internet um, dropped off a new song and music video called Whisper Want My Love um, similar to Steve Lacey um, who's also a part of the internet it's very jazzy um, in the influences and the music video also features another song at the end that features Steve Lacey um, and also Sid from the internet and it's got more of a hip hop vibe um, so I don't know if that's, you know, kind of pointing to the fact that the internet is working on another album and that it might be more hip hop, uh, centric than R&B. I'm all down for that. The song that was featured at the end of this in the music video was very good. Um, it's been a while since we got an internet project. I think Hive Mind came out in 2018. Yeah. I want to say 2018. Yeah, so that's when we went to Afropunk. Okay. Yeah. Performing. It's been about three years. Um, so yeah, it's about that time. Um, Solange dropped off the director's cut of the When I Get Home film for the two-year anniversary. Um, although to, to view this, you have to, it seems, go to some website called the Criterion Channel or Circle or something. She, I think she has something to do with that to watch it and you have to make an account. So, you know, if you're willing to do all that um, to see the director's cut of her um, when I get home film, definitely do that. The link will be in the podcast newsletter. Um, some nor more new music. No Name dropped off a new track called Rainforest. Um, very good. Um, maybe she is more interested in rapping than she was, you know, by the end of last year. Um, we have gotten two songs from her, this one included, um, even though the last one was in response to J. Cole. Um, so maybe that you know, final album Factory Baby that she's talked about. Maybe she's actually working on it, but it's good to hear that she's making more music. Um, 
another new song and music video, Jid um, from Dreamville, dropped off a, a song and video uh, called Skeegee, um, uh, named after Tuskegee, um, which I didn't get until I did some more research. Um, but the song is really good. Jid is definitely dropping an album this year, probably within the next three months, I would imagine. And so he's in album rollout mode. Um, the song really, um, you know, puts his storytelling in storytelling in in the the spotlight as well as his lyricism, um, and he centers the Tuskegee syphilis experiments, which I had never heard of actually. Um, and then I did the research on it and I was like, wow, why have I never heard of this? This should be in like history books yeah, and like taught in schools. That's why, that's, that's why, yeah. <laughs> Deep distrust among the black community <laughs> for the medical establishment. Yeah. So, um, uh, definitely look up the Tuskegee syphilis experiments. Um, but Jid also touches on that in the song. Um, so that was very interesting. Um, new Chance the Rapper. He dropped off a new song and music video called The Heart and the Tongue. Um, displaying some some nice lyricism and flow um, I'm really hoping that that chance can pull things together the the general um, I mean outside of Chicago because Chicago will always love chance but like the general consensus around chance right now is not seeming very positive um, a lot of people I, I think there were a number of people who we're not a fan of Coloring Book, which I don't agree with that. I think Coloring Book was amazing. But then the big day really just like took them to another place. Like he lost a lot of fans between uh, Coloring Book and the big day. Um, and, you know, Chance is still good despite what a lot of people may be saying about him. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that he can he can put together a project that kind of reminds people of you know, the qualities of him as a rapper that people liked in the first place. Can I ask, I don't want to slow down the flow, but like, what is it that people think he lost between Acid Rap and Coloring Book? Is it just like the, the talking about drugs edge? Yes, the content. Um... It was already a pretty dull edge. <laughs> what, what do you like mean? Like he used, he, he talked, like he dropped the names of drugs, mm -hmm. but it's not like he was... Like, it didn't sound like he was on drugs while he was recording at any point. Mm. And, like, it, he also talked about God a lot. So I think maybe the balance shifted somewhat when he, like, started talking more about God and family and the drugs kind of came out of the picture. But, like, it's it, it was a pretty balanced menu of subjects already. Um, you know what I'm compared to other rappers, I'm saying. Uh, well, sure, compared to other rappers, but I, I do think that Coloring Book was a a vast um, musical departure from what he was doing on Acid Rap. Like, like the tone changed a lot as well. So, like Acid Rap was very like playful and fun and kind of like 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 loose and like oh, there's it's, it's almost like there's no. Like, he's just doing whatever he wants, and there's not really a message. Like, it was more, like, almost like you were, you were on drugs, to be honest. Like, like even though the layout of the, the album was more, like, kind of, like, sporadic, um, and it wasn't as focused. Coloring Book came in with the, like, it seemed like a specific purpose, and the, the God 
you know, rapping was like everywhere. Sure. Um, there was a lot more singing, a lot less rapping. Um, I, I like it personally. Um, there was a lot of gospel um, influences on Coloring Book. And as somebody who was like raised on gospel music, like I appreciated everything he did in Coloring Book. But I think there were a lot of people who liked Chance specifically for specific things he was doing in 10 Day and Acid Rap, which were like more specific to like where hip hop culture is as a whole nowadays. Like he was more, those albums conformed more to what hip hop is in a mainstream than I think Coloring Book and especially The Big Day. And so I think a lot of people wanted more of that. I'm personally fine with artist music changing as as they change. Um, and if he wanted to rap about God because he rediscovered God after becoming addicted to Xanax and like getting married and like having a child and like wanting to make an album, you know, that, you know, I think objectively was not that good, but still had a lot of good moments. Um, but like if he wanted to do that, then I mean, fine, I'm OK with like I, I love concepts. Um, but I, I do think a lot of people are hating on Chance. Um, yeah. Uh, what's the word? Undeservedly. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I guess I can see, like, thinking he sold out or whatever. <laughs> right. Because he didn't record these albums in his bedroom. Yeah. But, like, also, what hip-hop is right now, it wasn't in 2011. For there sure. was no TikTok. SoundCloud was, like, nowhere near the influential platform that it is right now. So, like... Why would you hate on someone who, like, arguably piloted what hip-hop is right now for moving on and trying to, like, innovate in another way? Yeah, I mean, they're just, they're just haters. That's yeah, just, I mean, haters are, yeah. yeah. Haters gonna hate. It's fine. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand. Yeah, I mean, it's... Chance is a, is a difficult uh, case study because there are people... I, mean, I had that whole episode about the independence of Chance the Rapper... Um, and how a lot of people thought he was an industry plant and that like his his rise to the top wasn't as um, wasn't as wholesome and like independent as he would have us to believe and so Chance just got a lot of um, a lot of unwarranted I think hate um, because he was doing something different and he was a trendsetter and because that was being made known you're always going to have some people who are going to be in opposition to that um, and so I think combined that combined with the music just uh, it's just a lot it's just too much it's just people just like wanting to have somebody to hate and since he didn't conform to their ridiculous standards yeah, that's what happened I bet they still bought one of those three hats though <laughs> they should have the hats are dope um <laughs> So yeah, uh, his new song, The Heart and the Tongue, um, go listen to it, go watch the music video. Um, I think Chance has done a really cool thing for his brand throughout uh, the pandemic. He has posted to YouTube at least four or five like virtual concerts that he's done, and each of them is different in their own, in their own right. Um, so definitely check those out. Um, I, I think it's not too late for Chance to, to correct I mean, first of all, he shouldn't care what these people who are hating on, on him for, like, coloring book. Maybe take some of the big day criticism to heart, but yeah. not all of it. Um, we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of that later. Also, like, Chance is 27. It's not too late <laughs> for him to do anything. For sure. For sure. Um, 
Also, a new song and music video that was dropped, Leave the Door Open. So Anderson Pac and Bruno Mars have created a group called Silk Sonic. Um, they're releasing an album later this year, which has the potential to be one of the best albums of the year. Individually, they are both incredible R&B artists who are influenced by other musical genres. Um, for for Bruno, it's more that like doo-wop um kind of like old school r&b like even from like the like the 60s 70s 80s types of r&b for anderson pack heavily influenced by funk and jazz and the combination of them together is incredible this new song leave the door open is very good um it's got a 70s r&b vibe um and they're both like performing very well the music video is hilarious it's really just them like in a recording studio performing the song with the band but like the camera angles and just the way they're performing, it really enhance um, the song. It's it's good. It's very good. I am beyond excited for this album when it drops. I think it's probably going to drop in the summer. If I were them, that's a smart time to drop it because there are going to be some very good songs on this um, just off of the, the strength of their talent alone. So I'm excited about that. Um, Drake dropped off a new EP called Scary Hours 2. Um, if you remember the last time he dropped Scary Hours was in 2018. Um, before Scorpion, I believe the two tracks he dropped was Diplomatic Immunity and I can't remember the name of the other one. Um, but you know, this is this is the mo the moment where you know Drake's about to drop an album. He gives you you know some Lucy's to tie you over. So he released three songs: Lemon Pepper Freestyle, What's Next, and Once and Needs, featuring Lil Baby. Lemon Pepper Freestyle features Rick Ross and is the best of the three. It's the soulful sample with Drake uh, just doing his flex, like just bars, bars, bars that he does on songs like 9 a.m. in Dallas, 6 p.m. in New York, um, 4 p.m. in Calabasas. It's it's that type of Drake. Um, Once It Needs features an incredible verse from Lil Baby. What's Next is, um, it's okay. Um, I, I think it's a mid song, but as a whole, this three pack is is very good. Um, and check out the music video for What's Next as well, which is just wonderfully, wonderfully shot and directed. It's an incredible music video. Uh, so check that out as well. Um, I would imagine we're going to get his album Certified Lover Boy before the end of April. Um, finally, in the things you should check out, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib released the deluxe album of Pinata, uh, which came out, I think, 2016. Uh, features 83 songs, four hours worth of content. Um, a lot of them are like instrumentals. Um, so it's, it's like they took everything they had in their computer for the pinata sessions and was like, here, public, take this. You want to rap over this song? Here's an instrumental. Um, so <laughs> get into that at your leisure. <laughs> um, rumor mill and announcements. Um, Pop Smoke, rest in power, now has the longest running number one album on the top R&B and hip hop albums chart since 1990 with mc hammers please hammer don't hurt him uh, his album shoot for the stars aim for the moon um has now surpassed that record so shout out to that Lil baby's my turn album goes three times platinum after one year which is incredible scissors good news song has gone platinum after just a few months uh mac miller got his first platinum album for swimming uh rest in power to mac uh, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill has gone diamond, uh, which is 10 times platinum, so 10 million uh, record sales or more. 
Um, Lauren Hill is the first female rapper to do so, which is incredible. Um, Cardi B's new song, Up, is the highest debuting solo track by a female rapper in the 21st century. The last to do it was Doo-Wop by uh, Lauryn Hill in 1998. Um, so a lot of records um, being broken and achievements happening across hip-hop and R&B. Uh, Raekwon and Ghostface Killa, it was announced that they will be doing a versus battle, both members of Wu-Tang Clan. Um, so that should be interesting, um, getting two members from the same group to do a versus against each other. No date announced yet, but I'll keep you posted. Lil Wayne announced a new compilation album uh, for his Young Money crew. Ask me if I know who's in Young Money. I cannot tell you. Um, I, I would doubt that Drake and Nicki Minaj are officially in it anymore. But if this is you know a real thing that's going to happen, likely they can make some appearances. But last last I knew and heard of Young Money, they had artists like Gutta Gutta and Corey Guns and Lil Twist. Who's Exactly. So, I mean, I, I guess I have to assume they're still in the group, but I'm going to wait on more information from Lil Wayne on who's involved in this. He, he needs to be a better label head uh, and keep his, his collective more in the limelight so that we don't have these type of conversations. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for 2021 features some, some nice uh, artists in the nominations. Uh, Fela Kuti, Jay-Z, Mary J. Blige, Dionne Warwick, Shaka Khan, Tina Turner, L.O. Cool J, all among the nominees for uh, getting inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Uh, there is a fan vote available until April 30th where, uh, you know, the top five vote getters get put on like a special ballot. It's really confusing how the, the ballots for the inductions happen, but Vote for your favorite of those artists to be included in the fan vote ballot. I think currently leading is Fela Kuti and Tina Turner. Um, so shout out to them. Uh, final rumor milling announcements. I talked uh, about a few months back about the fact that Chance the Rapper's manager, Pat, was suing him um, for uh, $3 million. I think this was back in December, actually, so a couple months ago. Um basically for unpaid um unpaid like i forget the word um profits and stuff that he was supposed to get from chance and it, it got really deep and you know pat talked about how chance wasn't really listening to him anymore and he was more being managed by his dad and he was making rash decisions and the big day was recorded like it was kind of rushed and you know even though pat was trying to tell him we need to take our time with this the the sessions weren't focused for it, things like that. Chance is now uh, countersuing Pat um, for, uh, what did he say? I'm just going to read this. He said, Mr. Corcoran, who is Pat, has been paid in full under his management services contract with Mr. Bennett, which is Chance, yet he chose to file a groundless and insulting lawsuit that ignores his own improper self-dealing and incompetence. Mr. Bennett has moved to dismiss the majority of that meritless lawsuit and filed his own lawsuit to remedy the harm that Mr. Corcoran caused through his breaches of duty. Mr. Bennett trusts, trusts the legal system to reveal the truth of the party's relationship in due course. Uh, so I'm not going to get into all of this, but Chance is going through a lot right now. Um, I, I would argue that, you know, if, if we're talking about the part of Chance's career where Pat was involved, which is everything before the big day, 
then there might be something going on here to that. Because if if Pat was no longer involved with the big day and going forward, then it seems like Pat was in you know was you know partly responsible for the best parts of Chan's career thus far you know they were they were longtime friends I thought so the fact that they're now suing each other is is pretty ugly um I will keep you you know posted on what happens with this but um likely things are are only going to get worse like I, I think Chance is asking for a jury trial um and all of this and so yeah <laughs> it's it's not pretty messy messy yeah so uh let's jump into the upcoming and recently released albums uh yesterday march 5th denzel curry and kenny beats released the kind of like the deluxe edition of unlocked it's called unlocked 1.5 drake released the scary hours 2 ep on march 19th benny the butcher and harry fraud will be releasing the plugs i met too um, also on the 19th, Guap Dad 4000 and Ill Mind will be dropping off a project called 1176. And on March 26th, Vic Mensa will be dropping off a project called I Tape. Um, so that is it for the Press Play segment for this week. Gonna take a short break and then we'll be right back with the Dig Deeper segment. Welcome back to Thinking Outside the Boombox. It is now time for the Dig Deeper segment. Um, This week, uh, Karen and I will be discussing and revealing the nominees and winners for the fifth annual Thinking Outside the Boombox awards show. Um, I started this uh, five years ago. The first one I did by myself. And then after that, I was like, you know, this would be more fun if I had some people involved. So I created a podcast academy, the Thinking Outside the Boombox Academy, similar to the the um, recording academy that the Grammys uses. Um, I kind of made this um, because I wasn't seeing, you know, the deserving artists receiving Grammys um, in each year. So I was like, I'll make my own award show. I've got my own academy. I send them ballots. They vote. Um, and then here we are. For the most part, Um, Starting with the second annual award show, I've been featuring members of the Academy on the episodes to discuss. Um, Karen is making her second appearance on the um, award show um, episode. I believe you were on the first one, the second annual. Mm -hmm. Um, So without any further ado, there were 14 categories um, and we're going to jump right into them. I'm going to read off the nominees um, and then we'll talk about who won. So, the first category was Concept Album of the Year. So, this was the nominees for this award featured artists who created an interesting concept for a project, um, and then also how they were able to effectively execute the concept throughout, you know, a cohesive offering. So the nominees were Chilombo by Janae Aiko. Um, the concept was that she used crystal alchemy singing bowls in each song to kind of, you know, give off a different vibe and touch a different chakra uh, when you listen to it. Um, Circles by Mac Miller. 
uh, the companion album to Swimming, completing the concept of Swimming in Circles, a uh, concept he was working on before um, before he passed. Uh, Detroit 2 by Big Sean, a love letter to his city, Detroit. Um, one second. I'm trying to get this individual question. Um, and then there was... Uh, it is what it is by Thundercat. Uh, the concept was kind of a journey of his life since his last album, Drunk. Um, speaking on love and relationships, heartbreak, um, grief, especially over Mac Miller's death. They were very good friends. Um, and then the album by Tiana Taylor, which was divided into five studios representing different themes. Uh, love, sexuality, self-worth, vulnerability, and triumph. And so the winner of the concept album of the year, thinking outside the Boombox Award, is Chalumbo by Janae Aiko. <laughs> Shout out to Janae Aiko. Um, Karen, you voted for Detroit 2 by Big Sean. What um, what were your thoughts on that? I did. I, uh, I went into that album skeptical. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the first maybe two-thirds of the album, I continued to be skeptical. Like, I didn't really see where he was going with the concept until the last third of the album when he sort of brought in tons of Detroit rappers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it it took on more of a mixtape feel than a standard Big Sean album. Mm. Um, Those artists really articulated the city's storied music history. Um, and and demonstrated the love for he has that he has for Detroit. Um, I will say that Janae Aiko's album was a close second for me, um, which is super interesting given those two artists' um, oh. personal history together. Wow, yeah, I didn't even honestly didn't even think about that. That's funny. I think I I truly have no idea anymore. I've lost track of what's happening between them. Whether they are they're together. Toge- they are yeah, together. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there are tattoos. There are tattoos removed. <laughs> There's been a lot of information that I didn't necessarily need to know. It's for sure, fine. For sure. I'm cool to stay in the dark on all of that, but I will say whatever's going on, they're both in in a creative bag at the moment. Yeah, uh, I do believe they are planning uh, a follow-up to their 2088 album, which is their collaborative group. Um, so we can expect that maybe this year, maybe next year. Who knows? Okay. Um, but uh, I, I voted for Chalumbo by Janae Aiko. Um, while I don't completely understand, you know, the whole chakra thing and how, you know, I, I understand the whole singing bowls thing. Maybe I, I don't Maybe I don't. While I don't understand how they work, I get the idea um but like the album was just so cohesive and each song was you know for the most part kind of different from the other so i was like you know what i'm gonna give chalumbo its flowers for here i think she did whether i understand the concept or not i think she executed it very well and it is a good concept so that's why i voted for it uh shout out to today go for her win i would i would watch like a documentary of her breaking down how she came to that singing bowls concept and like actually watching her integrate that into each of the songs. Yeah, I agree. I would watch that as well. Um, moving on to the best rap verse, two winners for this category. There were 10 nominees. Um, generally, uh, there are five nominees for each category, one winner, but there are a couple 
um, maybe two or three categories where there were 10 nominees, two winners. Um, so best rap verse, this award goes to the artist that delivered the best rap verse, which could be a feature or a solo. Um, this was an amended category from the previous years where it was best rap feature, but there were so many like solo rap verses that I was like, you know, it doesn't need to be uh, just a feature. Like if it's, this one is just about who delivered some of the best verses of the year. So the nominees are Benny the Butcher on Frank Lucas. Um, he had the second verse on the song. Frank Lucas is a song from Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist album Alfredo. D Smoke on Black Habits 2, specifically the third verse of the song. Eminem on The Adventures of Moon Man and Slim Shady, his collaboration with Kit Cudi. Freddie Gibbs on Scotty Beam, verse one of the song, also on the album Alfredo. Jay-Z on Shiny Suit Theory, um, a song on um, a written testimony by Jay Electronica. Um, Jay Electronica on All Praise is Due to Allah, um, specifically the um, the final verse that he comes in where he's talking about his mother, uh, one of my favorite verses. Um, Killer Mike on Walking in the Snow uh, from Run the Jewels 4, verse 2 of the song, song specifically. Tierra Wack on TD, the song by Little Yachty, which stands for Tokyo Drift TD um, because it samples the Tokyo Drift uh, theme song. Tyler the Creator on TD, as well as Tyler the Creator on Something to Rap About, also from uh, Alfredo Freddie Gibbs' album. The winner of the award. The winners are Tierra Wack on TD and Killer Mike on Walking in the Snow. Um, I personally voted for both of those um, songs. Tierra Wack just went off. Like, she's an incredible rapper and we're still waiting from a, like, a solo album that isn't just 15 minutes long. Um, but she's been releasing so many just like like loose songs and she, you know, you know, raps verses and freestyles into her Instagram all the time. Um, but this was just like she outrapped everybody on that song. Uh little it's not hard too hard to outrap Lil Yachty. <laughs> but ASAP Rocky and Tyler the Creator were also on that song. Tyler the Creator nominated in the same category because his verse was good as well. But she she went last and there was a reason for it. Um and Killer Mike on Walking in the Snow, Run the Jewels 4 is just an incredibly political and just amazing album full of social commentary. And Killer Mike's verse specifically on this song, this this is the verse that I think stands out the most to me in the entire album. It was just very poignant. Um, it was very of the moment. Uh, Karen, you also voted for for this this verse. What do you have? What do you think about this? Yeah, one? I um. This was a heavy year that we just went through. Um, for sure. And I think that more than anything for me, this stands out in my mind as a song that like really embodies a lot of the anxiety and like pent up energy that I personally felt when thinking about politics and my own identity as a, a black woman and, and what that means specifically in relation to like the systems and, and like 
people that I interact with mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Like, when I think about this song, what stands out to me is like, I read the Chomsky, I'm laying low for a week. <laughs> like, me too. I read the Chomsky and like, in an Instagram quote, but like, I'm, I'm scared. Yeah, I also read bits of the Chomsky. You probably read a lot more than me, Mike, Michael. But also, I yes. can't afford to lay low for a week because I have a job, but like, I'm right there with you. For sure, for sure. So, I think that song will forever just say 2020 to me. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Um, you also voted for Jay-Z on Shiny Suit Theory. You know, I'm I'm on record as a Jay-Z uh skeptic you are yes uh, jay-z agnostic i think mm-hmm. i may have said it mm-hmm. at other periods of time but this verse was slick and mm-hmm. it was confident this mm-hmm. is like a man who came here to say what he had to say didn't need to be flashy about it didn't need to say it fast like he laid it down and it was very very well constructed i i can't fault him for anything about this track. Yeah, Jay-Z is... Jay-Z's incredible. He's very good. Um, and he is, he is you know, in his 51st, 52nd year, still still very good. Um, he's having a, a great run um, of incredible verses and songs in general. Um, I, I like this song in general for the fact that they're both kind of talking to their shrinks Mm-hmm. Or their therapists, um, different perspectives about different things, um, and and this song technically was made like ten years ago. Um, it was one of the first songs that we heard from the project that never came. Well, I mean, it's come now, but um, and the fact that it's still good and relevant now is is a testament um, to Jay Z. Um, so yeah, I I I did not vote for. For that one, but these were all incredible songs. Yeah, they it was were very hard to choose. Yeah, and, and that was honestly one of the main reasons why I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to increase this to ten nominees because like five is definitely not getting it done. And yeah, let's let's just double it because there there was no way I could choose five out of here. I was like, all of these are worthy. Yeah. Um. So shout out to Tierra Whack and Killer Mike for their TOTB awards. Uh, best new artist. Uh, similar to the Grammys definition of this category, this award goes to the artist who released a project um, in the year of eligibility that was a breakthrough for their career and increased their visibility in the mainstream. Um, the nominees are Chica, who released uh, Industry Games, D Smoke, his album Black Habits was released, Deontay Hitchcock, who released Better, uh, Give... Oh, what is it? Giveon. I was about to say give on because that's that's what I thought it was until I noticed that long E over the E. <laughs> um, Giveon, who released Take Time, and Roddy Rich, who released um, the album whose name I cannot remember. Please excuse me for being antisocial. Thank you to myself for remembering. <laughs> um, the winner of Best New Artist is Roddy Rich. Um... I voted for Roddy Rich, um, and Roddy Rich. I've been meaning to give the the percentages. Roddy Rich won with forty six percent of the votes. Um, in second place was Chica, who you also voted for. Um, both great artists. I just think I just think the the reach 
of Roddy and like the popularity that he accrued um, in such a short time was incredible. I feel like maybe 13, 14 months ago, I had no idea who Roddy Rich was. He dropped The Box, one of the biggest songs of last year. He dropped Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial, a great album. Um, and now, you know, he's one of the guys who everybody is trying to get a feature from. Um, I just think that in terms of the visibility aspect, um, he, that's why I picked him. Um, Chica, why'd you um, pick Chica? You know what? I, um, I've heard a few of Chica's songs and I, I do agree with you. She doesn't necessarily have the same visibility that certainly Roddy Rich has mm-hmm. or even a D smoke after having won a whole uh, <laughs> game show. Yeah. yeah. Um, however, just based on how ashy she made everybody else <laughs> in the freshman class look this year, I had to give it to her. Good point. She is Good clever. Point. She is technically sharp, and I cannot wait to see what she does next. I hope everybody else in the freshman class learned something <laughs> from the way they were embarrassed. That's fair. And um, and the visibility thing, I think, is going to change for her. I think we heard her her music in like a, a Marshalls or a Target commercial? I don't know. There's a commercial that's that keeps appearing in the TV shows that we watch um, that's definitely her song in it. So um she she's getting there she's yeah. getting there i think she's gonna be she's gonna be big she's gonna take some time but like the box is iconic at this point roddy yeah. rich is going places for sure for sure um so shout out to roddy rich for winning um for winning the totb award for best new artist um Next is Workhorse of the Year. <laughs> this is an award that I created two years ago, specifically for Ty Dolla Sign, and Ty Dolla Sign has not won the award yet. Um, <laughs> because I just, you know, he was appearing on so many things. I was like, there needs to be an award for somebody who's just like all over the place, crazy work ethic, quality, quantity. And then somebody came in, you know, the latter part of the year that just like took it from him. I don't even remember who it was. Um, it might have been J. Cole or something. Um, but this award goes to the artists that put out so much new music. You got tired of hearing their name. Um, you know, this one was about not just about who put out so much music, but who was able to master quality and quantity. So the nominees are Conway the Machine released three projects in 2020. Lulu, uh, which was his collaborative album with The Alchemist. No One Mourns the Wicked. A collaborative album with Big Ghostface and From King to a God. Um, also released five non-album singles, five deluxe singles, and was featured on approximately 40 songs. Hit Boy released two projects of his own, the Chauncey Hollis Project and also known as, produced two projects in their entirety, King's Disease by Nas and Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher, and produced approximately 50 songs for other artists last year. Lil Baby released one album, My Turn, and approximately two non-album singles and was featured on about 40 songs. The Alchemist released two projects of his own, A Doctor, a, a Doctor Painter, and An Alchemist Walk Into a Bar is the first, and then The Food Villain um, produced four projects in their entirety, Boldface EP, which was a project with Bodie James, The Price of Tea in China, another project with Bodie James, uh, Lulu, mentioned before with Conway the Machine and Alfredo 
the album with Freddie Gibbs. Also produced approximately 35 songs for other artists. And West Side Gun released three projects. Fly God is an Awesome God 2, Pray for Paris, and Who Made the Sunshine also featured on approximately 15 songs. The winner of the Workhorse of the Year is Lil Baby. Um, I was very surprised. I thought one of the the producers, the Alchemist and Hit Boy, were going to walk away with this one. But um, And the reason why he was nominated, Lil Baby had an incredible year. While I'm not the biggest fan of his music the the reach that he had was incredible everybody was talking about Lil Baby every artist wants to work with Lil Baby people love his My Turn album even though I thought it was just okay um but I think that's reflected in the fact um that he won this award um he received 38% of the vote um two more votes than the second place artists which were Hit Boy and The Alchemist the two people I thought were gonna win both, both you and I voted for Hit Boy. Um, and specifically for me, it was the fact that not only did he release his own projects, not only did he produce so many other songs for other artists, but both of the, the albums that he produced, King's Disease by Nas and Burden of Fruit by Benny the Butcher, were incredible albums, uh, one of which is nominated in more awards later on, both of which made my best rap albums or my best albums of the year list at the end of 2020. So it was that quality aspect that really gave him the win for me. Uh, what about you? Is it the same? Is that why you voted for Hit Boy? Yeah, just just about. I also thought it was interesting that two like well-established legacy artists would have trusted him to produce their full projects. That feels like a real vote of confidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. Okay, so sorry, Hit Boy. I, I honestly thought you had that one locked up, but it's the little baby effect. So shout out to little baby. The next award is best music video. Probably my favorite, definitely my favorite category to uh, pick nominees for, um, and also just my favorite category in general. And I love introducing uh, the academy to new music videos that they may not have seen. Music videos in general are not a thing that I think a lot of people spend their time on. So the fact that I can, you know, get people in the academy to watch ten music videos that they may not have seen, um, and ones that I think are just really artistically really well done, um, is something that I'm excited for. Um, the nominees for best music video: two winners, ten nominees. Already featuring Shata Wale and Major Lazer by Beyonce from The Lion King, The Gift. No, wait, sorry. From The Blackest King. Well, I guess both. From The Lion King, The Gift album, The Blackest King film um, that Beyonce did. But she also released already as its own music video, which is what gave it, uh, made it eligible for this category. Because I was not going to put Blackest King in here as a whole because that just wouldn't have been fair. Um, Brown Skin Girl featuring Blue Ivy, St. John, and Wizkid by Beyonce from the same projects. Cut Me by Moses Sumney. Entrepreneur featuring Jay-Z by Pharrell. In Your Eyes by The Weeknd from After Hours. Laugh Now, Cry Later featuring Lil Durk by Drake. Oprah's Bank Account featuring Drake and DaBaby by Lil Yachty. The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby. Too Late by The Weeknd. And finally, WAP by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. The winners of the best music video in the fifth annual Thinking Outside the Boombox Awards are Brown Skin Girl featuring Blue Ivy, St. John, and Wizkid by Beyonce and WAP 
by Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. Um, Karen, you voted for for both of those songs. Why why did they receive your vote? Because I just can't resist black girl magic. <laughs> like in in two very different ways. <laughs> for sure. Both of these music videos just put on display the creativity and bravery and stunning beauty that black women bring to pop culture and have for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I couldn't deny them. There were a ton of contenders in this category, though. I'm interested to hear who you voted for. Yeah, so um, I also voted for WAP um, because like outside of like the sexual imagery of WAP, which is what a lot of people are drawn to for this okay. this music video. This video is so well shot. Like it's colorful, it's vibrant, like for reasons other than the fact that it's Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, your eyes can't leave the screen because it's just there's so much going on and the choreography is amazing and it's it just it's just such a well-directed, well-shot music video. Um and it's enhanced by the fact that Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are doing all of these things in this music video. Um, that I was like, okay, so which other music video am I voting for? Because WAP has to be has to get my vote. Yeah, I also think that like WAP references some of the eccentricity that we started to really see come into the music video canon mm. with people like Missy Elliott in sure. the '90s and early 2000s. Buster so Rhymes brings mm-hmm. it into a 2020s lens, mm-hmm. and so in that way, I think it's going to become one of the iconic music videos of this era which is amazing to see i agree um i had also voted for already um shata wale major laser by beyonce just because i'm really drawn to very good dancing and like obviously i think i'm more drawn to like uh like a hip-hop type um song and like already compared to brown skin girl for me was just that was my song like the the beat was incredible and the dancing the choreography that beyonce and like her dances were doing just really drew me in so that's why i voted for that one gorgeous i need to say publicly on the record mm-hmm. i hope i never see those weekend videos again <laughs> yeah I, I knew you wouldn't be voting uh, voting for them if i could um, vote against them i would if i could <laughs> subtract someone else's votes for them i would have taken that option i will say um in your eyes which was the one where he was like chasing the the yeah. girl around the the club sure didn't was. receive any votes mm-hmm. but too late uh the one where um the two white girls white women find his severed head and kill a stripper and sew the weekend's head onto that stripper's body so that they can have sex with quote unquote the weekend um that one received three votes mm-hmm. um but uh both of the winners brown skin girl and uh wop received 61 percent of the, the votes eight votes each so it wasn't it wasn't actually close between any of the other videos okay. and the two that won okay so. well good we'll talk about this i'm sure in the um the series that we have coming up but there is just nothing about the weekend's creative output both visual and musical to appeal to me whatsoever and i keep trying to find it mm-hmm. so maybe maybe we'll see an evolution of my opinion there but i just i need to have that on the record <laughs> yeah there'll be some interesting conversations to come um 
Moving on into the R&B categories, we've got Best R&B Album. Uh, the nominees are After Hours by The Weeknd, Bigger Love by John Legend, Chalombo by Janae Aiko, The Album by Tiana Taylor, and Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle. The winner of the Best R&B Album, it's a tie. What? Yes. Chalombo by Janae Aiko and Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle both received uh, four votes each. Um, so it is a tie. Love it. So they both um, will receive the award. And I think that's fitting because that's kind of what I was choosing between at the end of the day. We both voted for Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Halle. I think <laughs> that album is, is a gift that keeps on giving. Like it's it's timeless like the music is still fresh whenever you listen to it there's so many different styles on it i love the evolution of their sound um of them as as humans in general on it um but i can understand chalombo as well that's the best album janaeiko has put out yeah i agree unequivocally she displayed some vocal range that we haven't seen from her on previous projects Mm -hmm. um it felt focused the sexy songs did their job yeah um the features were excellent across the board yeah. I, I approve of this tie. Yeah, so shout out to um, Chloe, Hallie, and Janae Aiko um, for getting that win. I believe this is Janae Aiko's second win of the day. Yes, it is. So shout out to her. Um, best R&B song. Now, this category, similar to the Grammys, is a songwriter's award. Um, did I Did I classify it as that or did I not do that this time around? When you went into this, was this about like the best well-written song or just the best song? I might not have classified that you for didn't. this one. Okay, didn't. never mind. Forget everything I just said. This is just what's the best R&B song. The nominees are Black Parade by Beyonce, Do It by Chloe and Halle, Lost One by Jasmine Sullivan, Slow Cooker by John Legend, and Your Turn featuring music soul child Tish Hyman and Black by Ty Dolla Sign. The winner of the best R&B song award is... Lost One by Jasmine Sullivan uh, secured both of our votes as well. Um, what did you like about uh, Lost One? Um, you, it it's it's hard to really put my finger on it except to say that it like hits the the core of my blackness yeah, in like for sure. a way that I can't deny. It's she sounds gorgeous. Mm-hmm, her mm-hmm. the backup harmonies support her beautifully. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like loss and longing when you know you messed up. Yeah. the Her tone, something about the tone of her voice in this song just does it for me. It's just like, I, I love each of the songs that were, were nominated for different reasons. But something about this song was just like, when I think about like an R&B song and like how the, the mood that R&B music typically puts you in when you think of it, like it was this one. It was like, this is, mm-hmm. you know, that that longing that you can hear in her voice um, is what did it. So securing 46% of the vote, Lost One by Jasmine Sullivan is the best R&B song. Uh, next is Banger of the Year. Um, previously named, I think I had previously named this something else. Um, but I changed it to just banger of the year because it was it was easier. Um, this award goes to the best turn up song of the year. Um, the nominees are the Savage Remix featuring Beyonce by Megan Thee Stallion, The Box by Roddy Rich, WAP 
by I can't I can't help but put that wop. p and so that your wop. pop filter is doing a lot of work. <laughs> um, wop by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. We paid by Lil Baby and Forty Two Doug. What's poppin' by Jack Harlow. Uh, and the award for banger of the year goes to WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, we talked about the music video earlier. I know you voted for this for banger of the year. What is it about the song itself um, that garnered your vote? I, I truly, like I when I went back to write my notes for this, I didn't remember which song I voted oh. for. <laughs> And I, I feel like I have to say that that's because like something like song of the year, it's it's hard to define banger of the year when we've been in sort of social isolation. That's that's fair. Uh, so I I thought about choosing the song that went the hardest on my exercise playlist, mm-hmm. but that didn't feel quite right. I think I went with WAP because. Um, it does sort of lift my spirits and get me in a mood, if not like a exercise move my body mood, gotcha. then like a conceptual mood. And I think it's going to have the most staying power uh, in my music collection of these songs. That's fair. What do you think? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I thought WAP had a, a very good chance of winning this award. I, I did not vote for it, but I agree with everything you said. I think it's. It's a, you know, you got two of the biggest um, female rappers of of the time right now with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, they're both, you know, giving you what they do best in this song and the combination of them and the and the beat, you know, that sample of uh, Whores in This House. I don't know if that's the, the name of the song, but that sample just combined with what they give you is incredible. I personally voted for Savage Remix. Um just because the the Savage song by Megan Thee Stallion before the remix was already on its way to becoming like a song of the year. And it was featured everywhere because of the TikTok challenge. Um, and then Beyonce hopped on it and took it to another level. And I was like, this is it. Like this is out of these songs. This is the one that I was probably listening to the most yeah. <laughs> throughout the year. Um, Real so. win for both artists as well as OnlyFans. For sure. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion taking home their second um, second awards of the day. Um, now we're hopping into Best Lyricist. Um, this award goes to the artist that delivered the best bars this year. That can be wordplay, rhyme schemes. This one is about the lyrics. The nominees are Benny the Butcher, Conway the Machine, both members of Griselda, um, D Smoke, Freddie Gibbs, and Jay Electronica, the best lyricist of the year, uh, determined by the Thinking Outside the Boombox Academy, is Freddie Gibbs. Um, I I voted for Benny the Butcher. You voted for D Smoke, but I am completely fine with that Freddie Gibbs um, pick. I think he might have won last year, which makes sense because Freddie mm-hmm. Gibbs is on an incredible run of of great albums. Um, I voted for Benny the Butcher because his Burden of Proof album I thought was expertly done. The fact that Hit Boy did all the beats gave him um, a level of professionalism and just like mainstream uh, sound that I feel like he wasn't necessarily getting on his other projects. And I feel like he raised his lyricism to match that. Like he met the moment, you know, he had an album of songs completely produced by Hit Boy, who's a huge artist, 
got his name, you know, when he produced um, with Kanye and Jay-Z back in the day. I think pretty sure he produced Niggas in Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hit Boy is, he's a mainstay. Like, people know who Hit Boy is. And I think Benny the Butcher, his raps, you know, met the level of greatness of the beats Hit, uh, Hit Boy was giving him. Uh, D Smoke, why'd you vote him for best lyricist? I am I'm, I'm a narrative person when mm-hmm. it comes to my music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really felt that D Smoke painted a picture uh, and and created a vibe across his album without letting it get stale. Um, and his lyrics were were a big reason why it stayed interesting throughout. I can continue listening to that album and keep discovering new things that I didn't notice before. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately coming deeper into the story of who he is, which is really important when, when you're doing your, your debut album as someone who's really in the public eye. Yeah. Uh, there were no bad decisions here. Um, I think everybody nominated um, were would have deserved the award. I honestly could have put killer mike on here and lp from run the jewels as well um but yeah i i think freddie gibbs definitely shout out to him for the incredible run that he's on yeah uh getting into the specific rap categories we got best rap song the nominees are black habits 2 by d smoke ooh la la uh by uh featuring greg nice and dj premiere by run the jewels um savage remix featuring beyonce by megan the stallion the bigger picture by lil baby and the box by roddy rich and the winner of best rap song is ooh la la featuring greg nice and dj premiere by run the jewels um i voted for the box um i thought but this was tough because all of all of the songs nominated are great songs in in different facets of rap you know what i mean like ooh la la and the box are completely different you know types yes. of songs um so but i can i can see how either one would win i just thought the year that roddy rich had and how how huge the box was as a song that you know that's why i voted for it you voted for ooh la la the winner um any thoughts on that song i i just loved the energy that this song brings yeah yeah yeah, it's just hype. That yeah. not a deep explanation. Makes me dance every time it comes on. For sure. <laughs> um, so shout out to Run the Jewels um, for winning best rap song. Uh, best rap album. Um, the nominees are Burden of Proof by Benny the Butcher, Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist, Black Habits by D Smoke. King's Disease by Nas and Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Um, So, you know, those uh, Workhorses of the Year nominees, you know, taking place here. The Alchemist um, nominated here with Freddie Gibbs. Hit Boy nominated here with Benny the Butcher and King's Disease by Nas. Um, Really shows you the work that they put in this year. The suspense is killing me. Who won? (laughs) The winner of Best Rap Album is or should i say are because it was a tie okay the winners are burden approved by benny the butcher and run the jewels for by run the jewels um neither of us voted for those winners um they they won with let me see the percentage 30 percent of the vote 
um, four votes each. Um, I voted for Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist. Freddie Gibbs is on an incredible run. The Alchemist's soul beats were perfect for Freddie Gibbs, kind of like gritty delivery. And I think, you know, also the fact that, you know, Bandana was an album of the year candidate last year, his project with Mad Lib. And this was a completely different vibe. And the fact that they are both good, I wanted to give the win to Freddie Gibbs. You voted for Black Habits by D Smoke. For reasons that I previously mm-hmm. laid out. The um, narrative. Yeah, the narrative was great, well executed, etc. I can also see why these other two albums won. Um, I feel like that Run the Jewels project, as someone who hasn't listened to a ton of Run the Jewels, really showed me like who they are mm-hmm. as artists. Um, and, and Benny the Butcher, I had never listened to before, I'm but sure. I know with 100% certainty... <laughs> That he has dealt drugs. He made that extraordinarily clear. He had a thesis statement and he carried it all the way through. So for that, I commend him. He did not want to carry the burden of proof any longer. No. He, he needed to let that burden rest on other shoulders. And now including I have us. It. Yes. We have the burden of proof as well. Exactly. Success. Shout out to Benny the Butcher and Run the Jewels for taking home best rap album uh, wins. And now the big three, the final three categories, starting with Song of the Year. This one is specific to songwriting. So this goes to the best written song. Um, The nominees are Black Habits 2 by D Smoke, Black Parade by Beyonce, I Can't Breathe by Her, Ooh La La by Run The Jewels, and The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby. The song of the year goes to The Bigger Picture by Lil Baby. Um, I voted for this. This was the song of the year to me because, um, mainly because it was about songwriting. Uh, the way that Lil Baby was able to, able to bring attention to the Black Lives Matters, the Black Lives Matter movement, um, and everything that happened with George Floyd and even the pandemic. Um, another poignant, uh, relevant song. Um, and, and if you put the the production back in there, the fact that I, I'm always going to have love for this song because I, I was thinking one way about, about Lil Baby. I thought he was this type of artist. And then he released a song and I was like, oh, you have depth. You have substance. <laughs> like you, you took a song with so much social commentary and you made this able to be played in the club. Like you could play this song in the club and people will dance, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but it's talking about something so serious. Um, but I also think it was, it was written very well. So that was my vote. You voted for black habits too, by D smoke. Unsurprising given, <laughs> given my previous votes, but I, I will also say that earlier this year, when you recommended that I listened to a song by little baby, I thought, this is not what I was expecting to hear. <laughs> yes. Um, it's confessional and vulnerable in a way that I can say none of his songs that I've heard since have have replicated, but mm-hmm. I think that's fine. This sort of crackles with the energy of something that he maybe like sat down on his bed and like jotted down in the notes app and then shaped <laughs> into a, a yeah. song that's really powerful. So For sure. I can appreciate this win. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, I think this song, or that's the song, the bigger picture, kind of uh, 
brought me back to Lil Baby because I listened to this My Turn album because everybody was talking about it and was like, this is, you know, one of the albums of the year. And I listened to it and I was like, is it? <laughs> um, and so I was just like, all right, well, I guess Lil Baby's just not for me. And then he dropped this song and I was like, okay, so I'll be tuning in to what you do next because I'm curious to see how else you can bring, you know, the, the juxtaposition of these these two sides into your music. So shout out to Lil Baby for winning song of the year. Uh, record of the year. This one is based on the artist, the production, the music. It's not about, you know, the written the written song. It's about all the other aspects that bring a song together. The nominees are um, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Uh, Do It by Chloe and Halle. Savage Remix featuring Beyonce by Megan Thee Stallion. The Box by Roddy Rich and WAP by Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. The winner of Record of the Year, not surprising, is Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Um, I did not vote for this, but I understand it. This song was, like, this song should be nominated for Record of the Year at the actual Grammys, which it wasn't, which is why there was a big, I talked about it on the podcast, there was a big, you know, debate about why The Weeknd was snubbed because what 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 song really in the in the greater mainstream not just thinking about hip-hop and r&b what song was bigger than blinding lights you heard that song everywhere truly and so that was why i nominated it. i was like i can't i can't not nominate this song um you know i consider um the weekend's album to be r&b and because the song was on that album um i, th- I thought it deserved to be featured in the awards um i voted for Savage remix, same reasons as before. I thought I, because of the TikTok challenge with Savage, the original, and because Beyonce is on this, and because I was hearing this song everywhere, I was like, I think this, especially the production of it and all the flourishes that Beyonce adds to it, uh, was one of the best records of the year. Um, you voted for Do It by Chloe and Halle. I did. Uh, this, I think, again, owes something to the fact that I wasn't around as many people this year as I have ever been in my life. So mm-hmm. this was my personal record of the year. Uh, and I think uh, it, it felt nice to have this like light Destiny's Child-esque like fun song mm-hmm. to sort of keep me going and like feeling like I'm getting cute to go out and see friends when in fact I'm going from my home office slash dining room <laughs> to the couch for the 80th time in a row. Um, so for that reason, Do It was my record of the year. <laughs> Completely understandable. Um, shout out to The Weeknd for winning record of the year. The final category, album of the year, kind of encompasses everything that we've talked about up until this point. The nominees are After Hours by The Weeknd, Alfredo by Freddie Gibbs and The Alchemist, Black Habits by D Smoke, Chilombo by Janae Aiko, and Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. The winner of the album of the year is Run the Jewels 4 by Run the Jewels. Wow. Um, I've been, I keep forgetting to give you all the percentages of the votes. Um, album of the year won with 38% of the vote. So kind of two more over the second place, which was a tie between between Chilombo by Janae Aiko and After Hours by The Weeknd, but Run the Jewels secured five votes. Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, Record of the Year, uh, won by one vote over Do It by Chloe and Halle and The Box by Roddy Rich. 
um, and the bigger picture won Song of the Year um, by a two vote margin. Um, but Album of the Year, I thought, I think this is Run the Jewels' best album, which is it's it's a tough decision because Run the Jewels two is incredible. Um, but I think the timing they dropped this in June, so you know, right as protests were kicking up um, over the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement, um, the timing was incredible. The content was incredible. The production was incredible. The lyricism was incredible. It's just, it was just a perfectly made album um, that I think was an album that everybody needed at the time. Similar to, to Pimp a Butterfly when it dropped, and not to compare the albums, but the timing with which To Pimp a Butterfly dropped in 2015 was essential to why it is so well regarded um, nowadays at this moment. Because it was an album about black people at a time where black people needed somebody to speak with them and for them. And I think Run the Jewels 4 is in the exact same lane um, and provides the exact same things. So that was my vote. You voted for Chilombo Bejene Aiko. Yeah, no, I, I think you make an interesting parallel between Run the Jewels 4 and To Pimp a Butterfly. And I guess it's an interesting contrast for me because I don't... <laughs> As, as well made as I can completely agree that Run the Jewels 4 was, I think this year was so overwhelming for me mm-hmm. that that what I needed this year was not like the, the hype, angry, like mm. anxious energy that this album brought. I needed some singing bowls. That's fair. I needed my chakras aligned. <laughs> Um, I needed some emotional R&B, and so Chalumbo did it for me. Yeah, makes sense. And Chalumbo um, is the only one of these albums that is actually nominated for Album of the Year at the actual Grammys, um, which I thought was very surprising. Like, you you just don't see albums like Chalumbo getting an Album of the Year uh, nomination. I talked about that when I did my Grammy uh, predictions. Um, but yeah, I definitely understand. Um, shout out to Run the Jewels for winning Album of the Year. Shout out to all of the nominees. Uh, shout out to Karen for joining to discuss um, the winners and nominees. Um, that is it for the Dig Deeper segment. Um, you are going to be seeing a lot more of Karen. Um, going to take a break next week. Um, as far as having a guest, um, I'll be back next week to discuss the Grammys. The Grammys got postponed uh, from January to next week, the 14th. Um, so most likely I will record an episode maybe Monday and release it during the week of my kind of recap of the Grammys and to see if my predictions held up this year. They typically don't, but I I think I'm getting the hang of it. We'll see. Um, But then, starting March 21st, two weeks from from now, uh, there's a special tournament and project that Karen will be joining me for on the episode. So uh, you'll be hearing a lot more from us. Uh, This episode was released on Saturday, March 6th. Uh, stay tuned to the Instagram because there is a trailer dropping for the project that Karen and I are are running tomorrow, Sunday, March 7th. So that trailer will be released on um, all the feeds, um, like Instagram, all the social media feeds. There's also going to be a, a trailer dropping on this actual feed, but... Uh, just to keep it a buck, the the social media trailer is way better because I can play music there. You need to see it. <laughs> you need to see it. So um, tune in for that because a lot of special stuff coming. This is season three. 
Um, even though I've been doing this for like six and a half years, um, this particular, I've, I've been, I hadn't normally been chopping the podcast up into seasons um, unless it felt necessary. And when I started the Twitch chapter, um, um, which is still kind of on hold because of technical issues um, slash maybe permanently on hold, who knows? Um, but that was a that was a, a new chapter for the podcast. That was season two. Um, this is season three because I think um, there are a lot of cool things coming on the podcast, whether that be interviews or possible sponsorships, who knows? Um, but I, I think the podcast is entering a new a new chapter and like I have been getting the podcast ready for that new chapter and so I wanted to to mark that by by naming this a new season. So this is the first episode of season three and everything from here on out will will be that. So um thank you Karen for joining me in the studio. I'll be seeing you well I mean obviously I'll be seeing you every day for forever. the rest of your life. Yeah. Um but specifically <laughs> in the studio uh, quote unquote, I'll be seeing you in a couple weeks. Um, anything you want to plug? I want to plug a couple of questions that I have. <laughs> okay, you want to um, plug a question? Well, yeah. yeah I, uh, I have questions for the audience. So interact on, on the various social channels. Feel free to tag me if you would like. Um, if you're a chance hater... <laughs> Tell me why. What are your reasons? What What do you have to do to change your mind? If you're a weekend lover, help me understand. I truly want to know uh, why you appreciate his music. Is there something that I'm missing? Let me know. Let me Let me tell you this about the weekend. When the weekend dropped in 2011, um, he he kind of ran. I, he was the first one that I knew that did this whole division her kind of rollout for their their music. You know, division and her just started releasing music. Uh, nobody had seen their faces. There was no we we didn't know who they were. They were just releasing this music that everybody liked. The weekend did that first in 2011, as far as I understand. Maybe somebody before him did it, but he was the first person I knew who like, if I remember correctly, Drake, who was big at the time, he had released Take Care. Um, just like released out a link to like a, a, a website that's probably defunct at this point that was like, go listen to this. And it was House of Balloons by The Weeknd, the first part of the trilogy. And it was so different from anything that anybody was doing in R&B. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is self-deprecating. It is like sexual. It is about drugs. It is depressing. It is... It is all of that, but like all of that combined, I think, and the fact that there was this mystery artist and he was giving us music that we had never heard before and it was a different take on R&B and there was kind of some hip hop mixed in there and it was dark and this was like, you couldn't find this, I think endeared The weekend to a lot of people, including me. I love House of, that House of Balloons, the first mixtape of the trilogy is probably my favorite weekend project ever to this day. It's just... It's very good, and while, yes, I don't really relate to the content, like, I'm not out here, like, having drug, drug-fueled, drug like, binges with strippers and things like that. I had been meaning to ask. <laughs> but, um, something about the fact that there was an artist talking about that stuff, which was not something that we really got, 
and like doing it in a way that wasn't just like completely like I don't know there was something tasteful about it I don't I don't know it, it's hard to explain but like like the weekend um, was bringing us something that we hadn't gotten before in a different way and then he kept that up for like two more projects across I think maybe an eight month span um and really generated interest in this like r&b artist who wasn't you know just singing about like love and like you know the traditional r&b tropes about like love and relationships like this was like oh he's going through some some real problems (laughs) like and he's he's showcasing that for the world um i don't know if that's how everybody feels about the weekend obviously you don't think he's that great of a singer and you're not really into the things that he sings about which is understandable but i can understand it like appreciating the vulnerability that he brought if that just like wasn't really part of the scene at the time obviously i'm going back through a 2021 lens and (laughs) trying to understand something that appealed to folks in 2014 so 11 11. Yeah, so 10 years ago. So I, it's it's definitely understandable. <laughs> Obviously, there's a conversation to be had here. I want to understand. So if if you have additional thoughts about The weekend, hop on one of these social media channels and, and tell us what you think about it. Maybe I'll come around. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe. Um, those social media channels are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at T-O-T-B, the podcast. Um, please interact there. There's a lot of content coming. Um, good kid, Shy City, C H I for me. Also, go to thinkingoutsidetheboombox.com. A lot of information there for you. Um, so, yeah, uh, trailer dropping tomorrow, Sunday, March 7th. I'll be back next week with a Grammy recap. And then on March 21st, we got something special for you. So, uh, this has been Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip hop and RB news. <laughs> Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 